John and Sam in Japan, the international comedy podcast. Theme tune time. Let's go, John. John and Sam in Japan. John and Sam in Japan. John and Sam in Japan. I told you there's no way I'm singing. Come on. John and Sam in Japan. John and Sam in Japan. Yeah. John and Sam in Japan. Never gonna happen. And put your clothes back on, it's just weird. Ah, never! John and Sam in Japan, the international comedy podcast. Welcome to the show. Here's John. Here's Sam. And this is John and Sam in Japan. The international comedy podcast. Yeah. I was just trying to make a really hard, uh, really concerted effort not to say it certainly is. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Episode... (laughs) Whatever. <laughs> oh, I tell you what, I I know. I, I it's a it's a episode forty. Oh, nice. Nearly. Yeah, uh, it is. It's uh, my wife's age. <laughs> it is my wife's age too. Yeah. And, uh, you and I are the uh, sprightly, youth, youthful thirty nine. Thirty nine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's been good. Well, my so my hometown football team won uh, last weekend. Oh, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, for the it's the first time they've won on a Saturday for 536 days or something, which is unbelievable. <laughs> Congratulations! Yeah, no, it was, an, it was one of those just brilliant days out where um, they won emphatically. We've got a new manager and they won emphatically. And then my daughter was staying at was staying somewhere, so my mum and dad basically were just like, you can just go out and do whatever you want. So I went to the football, they won 3-0, and then I went to this, one of my friends that was there, he was friends with somebody else, and we ended up going to this concert, um, to in, which was in in an indoor market in a town called Halifax, and it was kind of, yeah, it was interesting, but it was... It, you say it was in a, in a market, was it the Pet Shop Boys? <laughs> no, but it was... Uh, <laughs> I mean, the music was all right. It was just there's about 200 people there. But the thing that was cool about it was because uh, it was all indoors and it was at night time. So all the shops were closed apart from some of the stalls were open. And one of the stalls was selling gyoza. Do you want to take a guess on how many gyoza I drank when I uh, ate when I was shit-faced? <laughs> <laughs> well, just, for, for those of you who don't know, gyoza are those little kind of dumplingy things that you get in a Chinese restaurant. Yeah. A, a normal serving... An individual serving would probably be around six. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna say you had well eighteen. Yeah, well twenty four. <laughs> <laughs> so I I was right to go in uh, batches of six then. Yeah, well I bought there were there were different uh, sorts. There was sort of chicken ones and then pork traditional pork ones and oh, there's some you wouldn't want to miss out on any variety no well i had six and i thought oh i like those i think you know i love do love gyoza and so i ended up chatting to the woman she was um, from the philippines and drunkenly started explaining to her how my wife was japanese and how i miss these foods and um <laughs> i think the fourth time i went back i think she was a bit worried <laughs> i was insane <laughs> I think at one point I offered to buy her a drink just to say thank you for cooking them. <laughs> she probably thought I was going to put date rape drugs in it. <laughs> I mean, the thought did cross her mind. I could kidnap her and just lock her in the basement and get her to just cook me gyoza. Here's your walk. Get on with it. <laughs> yeah. You know, five years later, she escapes and runs to the nearest house. And uh, man keeps Filipino locked in his basement to cook gyoza. 
Yeah. I mean, to be honest, it would make a wonderful story for our new segment. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but anyway, how about you? Oh yeah, it's been. Uh, I went uh, went out yesterday. I was in a o- uh, Oktoberfest uh, in Tokyo, uh, so that oh. was a lot of fun. Was um, it in Yokohama? Yeah, Yokohama. Um, so, oh, to be honest, I've got nothing to say about that. <laughs> just cut that bit out. <laughs> just lots um, of drinking. I yeah, love it's just, of, just lots of drinking. It was great fun. I had a really good time. But we, we've been uh, coming up for the kids at school. Uh, at the end of this week, there's a test coming up. And I had a baffling question from a student. So she's like nine, eight or nine years old. And she said to me, she said, Sam, the test on Saturday. She said, Sam, what time is the test? I said, oh, I gave her a little bit of paper with all the details on it. And then she said, uh, what do I have to bring? It's a reasonable question. I said, well, you need to bring you know, a pen or a pencil or a razor or something like that. And she said, okay. And then she said to me, oh, do I need to wear a hat? Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, no, you, no, I don't know. I was kind of gobsmacked. <laughs> well, but, I wonder if she'd be watching the news because um, just... Randomly, that you said that there was a school in India which has been made the international news. I don't know if you saw this story. No, no. The, uh, the, t- the teachers were sick of people cheating in tests, so they made all the kids wear like a car, like a literally a cardboard box with a section cut out the front. <laughs> so there's, you can look it up, look it up on the internet that like Indian kids with cardboard boxes on the red during a test. Um, it's amazing news story. <laughs> Entire classroom full of kids all sat there in rows with literal, just normal cardboard box on their head with little slots cut out the front. I mean, that uh, could be what she what she meant. Maybe she's seen that, and her mum. Maybe her mum said to her, like as a joke, at that test. Foreigners, on Saturday. Yeah. <laughs> foreigners make the kids do uh, wear boxes on their heads when they do tests. <laughs> I think you've just solved a riddle that's been pl- troubling me all week. <laughs> so what's on today's show then? We have the Return of Culture Corner. We have some burning uh, answers for the burning question uh, and a whole lot more. But of course, first, this. This is JNSNJ News. It's time for the news. John, what have you got for me? All right, uh, this is from the Daily Mirror, and it's quite insane. Um, it says, woman in a five-year relationship with... Well, I'll tell you what, you try and guess. Uh, so it's an inanimate object. Uh, woman in a, It's a very big inanimate object. So mm-hmm. woman in a five-year relationship with something, and it's physical. That's the headline. So she's in a five-year relationship with an object. I mean... Yep. Dildo springs to mind. <laughs> oh, no, like it's a big, big object. Oh, okay. Um, is it bigger than a car? Is it? Oh, okay, yes. Oh, it is bigger than a car. So I'm going to guess <laughs> yeah. it. Because there are people, like I saw a story about a man who has sexual fetishes with his car. So I'm wondering if it's right. something like that. So I'm going to say like a truck or a camper van, something like that. No, so it says woman's in a five-year relationship with a Boeing seven three seven eight hundred, and it's physical. Oh, so <laughs> to, to be fair, the seven three seven eight hundred is the sexiest of the Boeings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, it says Michelle Kopke, thirty years old from Berlin, says the Boeing is very attractive, sexy, beautifully built, and elegant, and she even has a pet name for it. So she's been in a five-year relationship with the love of her life, a passenger jet she calls Darling. Um, <laughs> do, do you know how to? Uh, do you know how to say darling in German? <laughs> uh, d- darling? 
Uh, no, according to, according to this, it's shats. <laughs> Excellent. Um, so she said it's uh, very much a physical uh, relationship. The 737-800 is very attractive to me. He's the most beautifully built and he's a very attractive and an elegant aircraft. She's obviously assigned a male persona to this, but it just says, unlike regular relationship, Michelle is unable to spend quality time with her boyfriend, adding, a relationship with a plane is not easy and quite difficult at times. I can only get close to him when I fly in him or when I get him, or when I can get to him in the hangar, which has only happened once in my life. <laughs> right. Um, I wonder if this plane knows he's in a relationship. I feel like he might not. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, she does sound completely bonkers, but it says she's found different ways to indulge in her affection. She says, I have a big model of him made of fiberglass as well as real components from him so I can act out my love to some degree. Now, I'd be quite worried that she's taking components off an aeroplane. <laughs> <laughs> they won't need this. <laughs> yeah. So it says uh, she showed various pictures of her kissing the 737, uh, the real one, and cuddling with components such as doors and panels. That's quite worrying. <laughs> I'm no expert, but I'm fairly certain that doors are quite an integral part of aeroplanes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it says she suffers from something called objectophilia, which is a sexual or romantic attraction uh, focused on a particular inanimate object. But she doesn't see the physical side of her relationship being anything, well, with the Boeing as any different to that with humans. She said it's like a normal relationship. We have relaxing evenings together, and when we go to bed, we cuddle and fall asleep together. She realised she had a weakness for aeroplanes when she took her first flight in November 2013. Uh, in November, in March 2014, she boarded her first 737-800, and it was love at first flight. <laughs> um, she said, I got so excited with boarding the plane, I realised I'm in love with the 737-800. Years later, she finally got to spend some quality time alone with her lover in an airport hangar. The first time we really met was uh, May the 1st, 2019. I enjoyed every millisecond with him, she recalled. Doesn't say if she was arrested. <laughs> yeah. and, uh, and returned to hospital. She says, my cheeks hurt from smiling. I'm the happiest woman in the world when I'm with him. I have everything I need. Do you want to know what she finds particularly irresistible about the 737-800, which uh, really gets her juices flowing? I don't think you need to tell us. I think that's obvious what the uh, sexiest part of the Boeing 787-800 is. 737-800 is. <laughs> God, what is it? That would, of course, be the tail fin. No, oh. it's the winglets. Oh, the winglets. She said, when I... She said, when I touch his wings, I immediately get sweaty palms and get excited, she says. Um, her ultimate dream is to be able to marry her sweetheart. It's just a special kind of love that doesn't hurt anybody. Although I would say if you're taking doors off aeroplanes, there's a chance that you could hurt, hurt about 300 passengers. <laughs> um, a slight danger. When I say she sleeps with a model aeroplane in her bed, if you look at the photos uh, on the story... It's a big model. It's not like a little hand-sized model. I mean, it is a model which is basically the size of a, I'd say, a six-year-old child. <laughs> <laughs> or possibly even a bit bigger from looking at that. No, I'd say it's probably about the size of a teenage boy. <laughs> uh, so she sleeps with that in her bed. So um, I don't know. I'm assuming she has human needs as well. But can you imagine going home to a girl's house and fighting... <laughs> An aeroplane in a bed? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Well, certainly... <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, to be honest, I can't imagine going going home with a girl anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, this, uh, I mean, it kind of brings me on to a side 
story, which is uh, also from the Daily Mirror, which was, um, it says Britain's uh, men and women agree on what's the biggest turn off in the, in the bedroom. All oh, right, this is my expert area. <laughs> yeah, well, they've interviewed uh, 2,000 people. This is also on the Daily Mirror, and it just says taking a, part of, taking a partner back to your bedroom for the first time can be a daunting experience. Um, a new survey of 2,000 single Brits asked which items are decoration. So it's not um, Sexual. particularly dirty. Yeah, would be the biggest turn-offs when entering someone else's room for the first time. And surprisingly, the no-no was the same for both men and women. Okay. So what do you think would be... If you walked into a person's bedroom and found... Something. So this list, is it like a top ten or a top five? Yeah, it gives you about... Well, for women and men, it says, yeah, three. I'd say three for each. Okay. So uh, Although the first, one, the first one's the same for both. All right. So I think the first one has got to be like dirty sheets or dirty covers or something like that. Uh, no. Do you want another guess? Yeah, I'll just chuck out a few. Uh, uh, Mouldy cups of tea. No. <laughs> no. Uh, well, so this is the first answer was it was 22% of men said this and half the women said this. And it's uh, being faced with nude posters or pornography. <laughs> <laughs> I think we can tell what demographic they've interviewed. <laughs> Teenagers. <laughs> yeah. So for women, the second was dirty rooms and third was clothes or mess on the floor. Oh, OK. But for men... Do you want to know how about for men? What do you think? Um, well, if I walked in, uh, like, oh, I'll tell you what would be a really big turn off for me would be a, a pet on the bed. Oh, okay. Right. No, this, well, it's close. It was uh, teddy bears. Ah, uh, okay. Second. Yeah, yeah. A cuddly, t- a bed full of cuddly toys. Well, what's worse than a teddy bear and, on the uh, bed? A live teddy bear on the bed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then the last, well, the third thing that they mentioned was uh, posters of famous men, you know, like boy bands right. and stuff. If you're going um, back to a girl's what? house and she got posters of boy bands on the bedroom, you need to double check how old she is. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> uh, also, um, posters with inspirational quotes such as live, love and laugh were specifically singled out as being tacky. <laughs> um one man said, I don't know why, but one says, man said, I don't like textured wallpaper. So, <laughs> I mean, can you imagine you pull up a girl, you go back to her apartment, you walk in there, and she's thinking, oh, you know, I've met this guy. And you walk in there and go, oh, I don't like textured wallpaper, call me a taxi. I mean, Sheets are clean. He is, There's no teddies on the yeah, bed for I mean, that wallpaper. He must be the most handsome guy in the world if he can turn down protection <laughs> wallpaper. Yeah, well, I was a single man. You could have papered your wall with newspaper and I would have been yeah. up for it. I could have covered your wall in shit in a dirty protest and I'd be there. Yeah. And in some cases, you did. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, and another one said, I don't like going into bedrooms that have signs on uh, signs on the walls telling me what to do e.g. relax, bathe and sleep <laughs> <laughs> you sure you're not in a I sauna? Think, <laughs> yeah, I think that sounds like a whorehouse <laughs> <laughs> a, por- a small portion of women said toys related to fantasy or science fiction such as Star Wars or Harry Potter would be a big turn off as would football memorabilia oh, alright um, <laughs> whereas the men said, headed into someone else's room, men said they didn't want to see things such as condoms, dildos, or sex toys lying around. <laughs> and uh, pink wallpaper was also on a list of things to avoid. I think some of these men have accidentally been going to brothels. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like it when there's a big bloke on the door with a bow tie. <laughs> yeah. Some of the comments underneath, uh, one man said, I doubt any real man would walk out the door just because the woman's about to make love has a teddy bear on her bed. I mean, to me, 
yeah, walking in there and finding a giant aeroplane on the bed would definitely be up there with probably make me consider. You know, earlier you asked me uh, what was the sexiest part of an aeroplane. They said uh, yeah. for the woman, it was the winglets, of course. Uh, but yeah, if you asked yeah. a man what the sexiest part of an aeroplane was, it would, of course, be the cockpit. <laughs> <laughs> if the uh, if if the Boeing was sentient, and uh, I think having this crazy 30-year-old German woman stalking him, I think the aeroplane might run away. (laughs) (laughs) Run away. (laughs) Yeah. It sounds like you're winging it to me. (laughs) Yeah, I am winging it. That was JNSNG News. Welcome one and all to Culture Corner. It's the corner. You can learn a lot about different cultures, but not corners. Learn while having fun in Culture Corner. It's a corner. Words, phrases, metaphors. You'll soon know the score. Find out what they mean with a Culture Corner team. Welcome to Culture Corner. My name's Sam. I'm here in Yokohama, Japan to see England versus New Zealand in the World Rugby World Cup semi-final. Obviously, I'm English, so I'm hoping for an England victory. There's a lot of uh, New Zealanders here in their uh, all-black shirts. A number of number of people in England shirts too, but definitely outnumbered at the moment. I got my ticket, not off the official website, but off an unofficial website, which means it cost me a hell of a lot of money, but obviously don't tell my wife. Actually, I'm so suspicious about the validity of my ticket, I'm worried a little bit if I'm even going to get into the stadium. I'll keep you posted. Just came across an England fan trying to force a steward outside the stadium to sing Sweet Low, Sweet Chariot. The steward was definitely not up for it. We've just found out that some friends of ours who bought tickets on the same website as us have been refused entry to the stadium. So obviously we're bricking it. Squeaky bum time. Me and uh, codename Bond have managed to get through the ticket check. We are in the game. We thought the tickets weren't going to work, but they did. Absolutely chuffed to bits. Now we're just waiting for Mr. Bean. Mr. Bean will be along soon. (laughs) (laughs) There are supporters here of all different types. There are some with England flags on their face, some with New Zealand flags on their face. And there is one guy standing right in front of me with full on blackface. (laughs) interview this guy. I can't. (laughs) (laughs) I must say, uh, we're going for a wee pre-kickoff. The toilet queue formation and organisation is immaculate. Even though this toilet queue is uh, so organised, one of my main dreams is not to still be in it when the hacker starts. Um, I'm buying a beer and it's so busy that I'm helping the girl to pour the beers and so is the man next to me pouring the beers. Everyone's pouring the beers for the beer girl. There is a different increase in tempo. A fire! Oh, just fire! 
smoke rising up from the thing. It's quite warm, it's quite hot. Well, it's hot. Players are on the pitch, the fire is burning, the posts are standing tall, the stadium is full. It's an amazing scene. Okay, okay. Hi. Some Japanese man is giving me shit. I'll be gone in a minute. I wish John was here for that because he would have booed all the way through it. Go on, have a little moan. I'm having a little moan. 900 yen for a beer. But you have to pull yourself. Here they come, the hacker is about to start. The England boys have lined up in a V in front of them, which I think means to stand for fuck you. <laughs> semi-final World, World Cup semi-final England are winning 10 to 0 it's a brilliant scoreline so far for us I really needed a wee but of course the toilet queue as I mentioned earlier was mad so I was about to join it again this guy said to me an unknown British guy he said to me follow me I'll show you a bush so he led me outside and he showed me a bush and it was a brilliant bush to wee in where there were no people an amazing view and I did uh, one of the most majestic wees that you've ever ever had straight looking out over the Yokohama skyline with the knowledge that England have a 10-0 lead just found out at half time that our friend who had the dodgy tickets from that website, he'd paid a lot of money. His dad was here, his son was here, his wife was here. None of them could get into the game. But then some generous benefactor let, gave them tickets for the game. So they're in here, they're enjoying England winning 10 0 at half time. Amazing news. Here we go, lovely penalty. Beautiful. Yes! I fucking missed it. <laughs> we smashed those all black guys. Sam's top tip. 
Hi, I'm John and this is my top tip. If you're lucky enough to uh, require a stranger and get them to agree to a one-night stand, before going back to their house, make sure to ask to look at pictures of their bedroom on their phone. That way you're going to avoid walking into a bedroom full of dildos, condoms, teddy bears, posts on the wall and of course the dreaded textured wallpaper. Yo, Johnny McBee and Sammy O.T. Two Brits talk a shit over a cup of tea Probably a spot of milk and a crumpet, please But there's someone else cooking in the kitchen Could someone answer the burning question? Time for the burning question. All right, well, we actually had um, a reply to last episode's burning question. What was the most uh, crazy behaviour you've seen from a stranger? Um, Lee uh, on Facebook got in touch and he said, a little old Japanese man walked up to someone and just tugged at his chest hair just to see if it was real. <laughs> yeah, that rings a bell. Uh, pretty sure that was me. <laughs> Not Do the tugging. No, yeah, no, being tugged. And when I say being tugged, I mean on the chest hair. <laughs> because <laughs> yeah, you're a happily married man <laughs> and, and you don't the... get tugged by all Japanese men <laughs> well I haven't work hasn't got that bad yet <laughs> uh, so, I'd like to just point out as well I was at the beach I don't know if that was mentioned in the tweet but uh, no yeah, it wasn't, wasn't mentioned I, I wasn't like bare chested at the train station <laughs> with your medallion out <laughs> go to a night fever night <laughs> Uh, so well yeah, this episode's burning question was what's the worst thing that's happened on a school trip has anyone been in touch well it was it was nearly that the the, the burning question was what was the worst school trip you've been on right yeah oh, okay <laughs> what did i just say what's the worst thing that's happened on a school trip yeah yeah oh, okay slightly different okay yeah. <laughs> sorry <laughs> sorry to be a pedant <laughs> <laughs> I can literally hear you rolling your eyes. <laughs> uh, so, well. Yes, so we had uh, we had a few people get in touch. Laura on Facebook said the worst school trip she had was when she went to York and forgot her inhaler. So while everyone else was having fun at the Jonvik Viking Centre, I was hanging out with the head teacher at a doctor's surgery. Right. Drive With Us podcast got in touch via Twitter. They said, uh, on the middle school trip, they were doing the 12 days of Christmas and a kid acted out each day as we sang. The ninth day comes around and it's his turn, the introvert. I had to do a ballerina twirl in front of my teachers and classmates as they sang. Uh, The next day I had a coughing fit whilst they were all presenting. Oh dear, that does sound like double whammy. (laughs) Um, Um, At Momo Takamori said, uh, that time when my friends were on the bus to our school trip destination, I was at home feeling dizzy from fever. I travelled to the four corners of my futon. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, uh, President Mozzarella also got in touch on uh, Twitter. He said he was supposed to go to Matsumoto but slept in and missed the bus so he didn't go anywhere. That one sucked. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I don't know if he was the the teacher or the uh, student at that point. (laughs) How about you? What was your worst uh, school trip? Um, I don't know. I enjoyed all our school trips. I mean, we had some where it was raining and we were freezing and stuff, but I think uh, basically we enjoyed it. We probably behaved quite badly, which the teachers would say was the worst thing that has ever happened. But I actually heard a story this week from a different teacher about a school trip he went on um, when he was working at a different school last year. And this school took the students to France and they were on the school bus and they got off the ferry in Calais 
And it was about three o'clock in the morning. All the students were sleeping. And the history teacher, who was shit-faced and extremely right-wing, <laughs> woke all the kids woke all the kids up to show them the migrants in the, uh, the in the tent city and proceeded to tell all these kids, look at them. Those are the scum that want to come into England. Draw no, paedophiles and rapists. <laughs> <laughs> at which point, you know, this other teacher had to kind of intervene saying, I don't think this is appropriate. At which, <laughs> at which point, the, the drunk history teacher then went on a massive right-wing tirade about how these, uh, you know, year eight students needed to re- see what the world was really like and uh, needed to see what sort of filth was trying to come into our country. Uh, some, some kids obviously went home and told their parents, uh, but this teacher managed to keep his job. Wow. Which is quite, yeah. Mr. Yeah. Uh, Mr. <laughs> yeah. Mr. Hitler, I think. Yeah, is. yeah Mr. <laughs> Mr. Hitler. So how about for you? Well, last week I mentioned about going to the sewage plant as one of the worst trips I'd been on. <laughs> and actually, at the time I said I think I'd been on worse, but having thought about it uh, this week, no, I'm pretty sure that going to the sewage works was the worst. <laughs> and I think the, the low point of the sewage works to try and make it a little bit more interesting. I remember with some friends leaning over the railing, looking at all the sewage <laughs> pouring in, and we were playing spot. <laughs> we were playing spot the condom <laughs> because when you're like eleven, seeing a condom is really exciting. <laughs> so it was like a sort of you know that game poo sticks. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we were kind of like doing that with used Johnnies. <laughs> so, <yeah. laughs> A fairly depressing moment from my childhood. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, that just reminded me. The uh, in my first placement school last year on the teacher training, um, the kids we all went on a trip up a well, like into the. There's no real mountains, is there, in England? But up some big hills, and the kid in the class who's kind of slightly overweight and doesn't really have any friends, he managed to get himself lost and um, caused absolute panic. And they found him three hours later. He'd, he'd accidentally walked down the wrong side of the uh, the hill, and they found him cold and lonely, just uh, sucking on a ketchup packet. Uh, they, yeah, so he obviously got into a lot of trouble. Well, I mean, the teachers, one of the teachers, a male teacher, was actually crying because oh, um, yeah. he was that worried. Um, so the kid, he got bollocked and um, he also got bullied quite in... <laughs> quite badly after that so uh, uh, we don't condone yeah, bullying, quite... but you do no, deserve it probably in that situation <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm actually yeah. i'm actually very glad about how that story ended because when i when you started that i've just been talking about searching for used johnnies and you said that reminds me of a <laughs> school trip i went on <laughs> oh my god where are we going <laughs> So that's all for today's show. Uh, just leaves me to say thanks for everyone who was involved. Uh, but of course, mostly thanks to you uh, for all listening. <laughs> that just sounds really weird. Thank you all, you, for all listening. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll do it again. I'll do it again. <laughs> I don't know why. It just sounds strange. <laughs> thank uh, you for listening. Thank you for, thank you for thank listening. Thank you to listeners. Thank you to the listeners. Right. <laughs>
So that's all for today's show. That just leaves me to say thank you to everyone who's been involved in the show. Uh, and thanks to uh, everyone. Ah, God, see? <laughs> what am I doing? I can't say it now. I've been put off. <laughs> anyone, think, uh, anyone think that you'd be to Oktoberfest yesterday? <laughs> I know. <laughs> yes, do have a slight <laughs> diminished capacity today, that's for sure. That just leaves me to say thanks to everyone who was involved in today's show. And, oh, God almighty. <laughs> all right, you wouldn't actually know. But to, be fair to, to be fair to Sam, he's wrestling with his son. <laughs> Um. <laughs> trying, to, trying to multitask you're right men can't do it <laughs> that just leaves me to say thanks to everyone who was involved in today's show uh, but of course most thanks to you the lovely listeners yay well done there Sam <laughs> I think there's about five minutes of uh, blooper material there and uh, so well next next episode's uh, burning question's got to be what's the strangest thing you've ever seen in somebody else's bedroom that is an excellent one but but can I just a uh, uh, note of warning and advisory for the listeners don't incriminate yourself in something that you don't want to be incriminated in <laughs> anything else no I think that's all alright catch, catch you later, later. It is time to go, that's the end of the show. If you liked it, write a review. Five stars or F you. And if you want to get in touch, we'd like that very much. Send a tape of your comedy, not a tape, just an MP3. Send us some comedy or a song that is funny. Send us your favourite bit. But we don't want your dick pics. It is time to go. That's the end of the show. Tell your friends and your family. Or even the people you're married. You should join in. Answer the burning question Send a new story Preferably something we can pine about We're on the social media sites Facebook and Twitter day and night It's John and Sam in Japan at gmail.com And if you do this then maybe, just maybe Sam will put his clothes back on John and Sam in Japan The International Comedy Podcast